us here. This week's shear, it's eight o'clock exactly. This week's shear, here's Eddie. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm here. This year's shear is dedicated by Bati and Eddie Jenkins in honor of the birth of the granddaughter, Ariella Charlotte, daughter of Akiva and Maria. And you know how old this makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> He still looks like he's 25 and he has a granddaughter. What are you? It's crazy. You know? it's like, it must be with the air in the front, the little, little Torah with a little architecture. Like, you know, I get old, you know. What's the, what's the advantage? What's the advantage of getting old? But somehow I feel a little old. I feel a little old. Not so little. I mean, the idea, it's just an absolutely ridiculous idea. But I wish you mazel and bracha. I know you have a wonderful family. All your children are terrific. And Bati, I wish you, are, are you uh, doing anything in the rabbinate? I'm teaching. Oh, anybody I'm can. teaching and learning. No, but you put your hands on people and bless them. <laughs> my, grand, my children and grandchildren. Oh, uh, okay, it's a start. It's a start. Definitely. So you, you can get used to it. You can watch out. You can get used to that. Okay. Let's start. Let's start. Everybody knows. Everybody, this is this year is a continuation of last week's year. But I'll summarize last week for this week also as well. So now, everybody knows that Rosh Hashanah, one of the great themes, this is a Hanukkah shir. I know that. Don't worry. Rosh Hashanah, one of the themes of Rosh Hashanah is Malchut. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Melech. The bracha that we say over and over again, Melech HaKol Aretz. Melech HaKol Aretz, a king, the king. And, and I think it's, a, it's worthwhile to ask the question, what does Rosh Hashanah have to do with the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is king, or why the emphasis on the kingship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Rosh Hashanah? Should we you know, say uh, that God is the Dayan, the judge, or that God is the Rachman, the, the, the merciful one, uh, makes it possible for us to live even though we don't deserve it? What is the Malchut? What is the Malchut, the emphasis on Malchut? Yes, it's true, God is the Melech. Yes, it's true that God created the world. Yes, it's true. I mean, you could say all of those things, and I don't quarrel with anybody who says any of them. I'm just wondering why this tremendous emphasis. And then the Psukim that we say with Kiyat Shofar, the different story, Malchiot, Zichronot, Shofarot. Again, Malchiot, we collect all the Psukim uh, of serious, serious Psukim in the Tanakh and the Tehillim that, that indicate the Malchut the kingship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why are we so caught up with that? With the Malchut of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? I mean, isn't it true? Isn't it true that, that, that it's true? That we know that God is king, but I mean, why is it that I have to emphasize the Malchut of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Here's a question. Uh, so we have, we have this idea there's a bracha, and then there's Malchiot, Zichronot, and Shofarot. And, and, and I think that the, the idea of Malchut of a Kodesh Baruch Hu takes, 
it takes a certain kind of um, uh, investigation. Investigation. Now, Malchut appears in uh, in uh, Hanukkah in in several different ways. Firstly, there's the Gemara in Davkov Aleph over there. So the Gemara says, My Hanukkah, it's a brighter. My Hanukkah, the Tamir Abanan, we learned as follows the Kate de Kislei, Yomi de Hanukkah to Manya Inu. And on the 25th of Kislev, starts a period of 10 days. We can't speak about the dead and we can't fast on these days. We know the story. When the Greeks went into the Beta, they, they kind of pushed their way in. And they they defiled the oil, so that the oil that was in the Beit HaMikdash was not usable for lighting the menorah. Not usable lighting. And we know that story. When the, when the Jews came to the Beit HaMikdash, they only found one cruise of oil. I'm not sure what a cruise is, but everybody says that. They found one cruise of oil, and that one cruise of oil had to suffice. But the part of the, the brighter that I just read that is interesting to me is that, that the, 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 the brighter says, now they weren't Beit Chashmonai, Malchut Beit Moshe They weren't, they weren't Malchut. They weren't Malchut until much later. They weren't Malchut until much later. So why are they called in this brighter Malchut Beit Chashmonai? So we know what happened. We know that they won the war, and they they beat the Greeks somehow. And they ran to the Beit HaMikdash and they, they uh, demanded of reality. They, they made a demand on nature. And they said, we're going to light that menorah even though we only have oil for one day. And maybe they thought that if nothing would happen, they would light the menorah for one day. That would be something. That would be an indication that they were thinking in the right way. I can't say that they they knew there would be a miracle. I don't think that that was the that that was the case. I don't think that was the case. But they uh, uh, so they they lit the they lit the the, the the menorah, and and then some wondrous thing happened, and the oil that should have lasted for one day lasted for many days. Lasted for many days, for eight days, until the reserve of oil came along, and and so Hanukkah was created. It was Hanukkah was taken out of the the grips, so to speak, of of a war. We were no longer celebrating a war, even though we celebrated. We're thankful for the fact that that we were able to succeed in the war. Nevertheless. What gives the Hanukkah oomph 
And what makes Hanukkah special is the miracle is the miracle of the oil. After the miracle of the oil, after this all happened, Matityahu and his family established themselves as the kings of Yisrael. I mean, you have to understand that this was all uh, like BCE, right? Before the common era, before the common era, there was uh, 140 BCE. And so between 140 BCE and the Churban Beit HaMikdash in the year 70, it was approximately 200 years. Approximately 200 years so that the, the war against the Greeks ushered in a period in which the kingship was largely Jewish. It was a Jewish, it was Jewish kingship. The Rambam says, the Rambam says, I'll quote the Rambam to you. The Rambam tells the story. He says, The Rambam says, the, the sons of the Hashmonai were great priests. And so the Rambam said, you know what happened? You know what happened as a result of the war? You know what happened as a result of what the people did? This is what happened. The Rambam doesn't say anything about that. He doesn't say it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. Oh, I guess he thinks it's a good thing, otherwise he wouldn't mention it. He says, The word Hamidu sounds like it's good. It's a good thing. They established the, 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 the Malchut, kingship. The Chazra Malchut Yisrael. this is the Rambam. And, and suddenly we became a nation with a king. We are a nation with Malchut. There was Malchut previously until, uh, basically until the Churban by it, by it we showed that when the Jews came back to Eretz Yisrael, they were not able to establish Malchut. That was 536 BCE until, until uh, 135. BCE, where they were able, they looked around, and the children of Matityahu, they said, oh, we're, uh, we could do it. And so they did it. And the Rambam's language is, Chazra Malchut Yisrael Yater al-Mataim Shana Ad Churban Beit So the question that I ask, and the question that you should ask is, what? Was Marintem for the from from the the, the Churban Bayit uh, from the Malchut of the Chashmonaim? Why is he so happy about the Malchut of the Chashmonaim after the sons of Matityahu were killed or died? Then the, the, the Malchut was was hardly noteworthy. The kings became bad people, and people who were not able were not able to, but it, it was not only that the kings were bad, not only the kings were bad, and, and so the Ramban says, the Ramban explains it to us, we'll see the look at the Ramban again, but there's more than that. A, a woman became, became the king of, of Israel. The Rambam says, 
The Rambam says in Hilchot Melachim, Perik Aleph Halacha Hei, the Rambam says, Ein Mamid in Isha B'Malchut. A woman can't be a king. A woman can't be a king. Shedemar, and he quotes a biblical reference. Alecha Melech Velo Malka. That's a posseg in Dvarim. Right? Somta Sima Lecha Melech. The posseg said you should have a king. Asheh Yivchar Hashem Elokecha Bo. It says it for Feirush, you should place upon yourself a king. You can't have, you can't have a, a foreign person, king of Israel, that would run contrary to the command of the Pasuk. And then uh, the Rambam, the Rambam summarizes by saying, You can't have a woman. You can't have a woman who is a, who's a king. That's what the Rambam says. Now we know, we know because we're all historian, history buffs. We know that there was a woman who was the king of Israel, the king in Israel. And that's Shlomziona Malka. I don't know. I think she was named before the street in Yerushalayim was named. And the point, the point is that she, when her husband was killed, her husband was killed, she became, she became king in her place. And apparently she was a very uh, uh, good king, king. I mean, she wasn't a queen. Uh, I, I said at the beginning, Queen is usually the wife of the king. It's called a king, but the, the power, the authority goes with the title king. So Shlom Siyon Amalka was a king. She was king in Israel. She was the only one there. She was very positive. She was a positive Jewish religious personality. Positive Jewish personality. Let me just... Uh, Okay, so you have these you have these two problems. One problem is, is this true? I mean, what's the halacha? The pasuk says, You should place upon yourself a king. It doesn't say anything about the tribe of Yehuda, the family chosen by Yaakov Avinu to be the king of Israel. But this idea is belied by two facts that you have to remember. One is when the Jews came, when the Zkenim, the elders came to Shmuel Anavi, and they said to Shmuel Anavi, we want a king. And we don't know exactly why they wanted a king, but I guess they felt it would have economic advantages, it would have other advantages. That's what they, that's what they felt. Um, so they were, they, they, they were in fact, they wanted to do the posuk. They wanted to do the posuk which said, the Rambam says it's one of the three obligations that the Jews had when they came to Eretz Israel. 
and they hadn't done it yet in the time of Shmuel and Avi. It had not yet, it had not yet happened. So they came to Shmuel and Avi and said, "We want, we want a king." Shmuel and Avi said to them, "It's not a good idea. It's not what you think. You don't just get tax breaks. You also get taxes. Uh, it costs money to have a king. Somebody has to pay the bill." You're going to be unhappy that you did this. If you do it, don't do it. Stop from doing it. And then Akadosh Baruch Hu intervenes and says to and says to uh, uh, to Shmuel, "Okay, let them do it. You go. You'll go find him, and then you'll anoint him, and he'll be the king of Israel. You'll find him. You'll anoint him. He'll be the king of Israel." So who did they find? Who did they find? They found Shaul. You remember that name, Shaul Hamelech. You remember that Shaul Hamelech. Now Shaul Hamelech was not from the house of, was not from the tribe of Yehuda, and was not from the 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 family. Certainly not from the family of David Hamelech. He was a foreigner to the idea that there was a designated melech in Israel, a foreigner to that idea. But Shmuel, who was a great prophet, uh, anointed him, established him, made him the king of Israel, and he was a real king of Israel. He was a real king of Israel. And so the Ramban elsewhere, right, in another place, the Ramban asked the question, what would have happened if Shaul HaMelech had been a righteous king, what would have happened if Shaul HaMelech deserved to stay on as king and for his children to become kings after him? What would have happened to the promise that Yaakov Avinu made? Yaakov Avinu said, oh, Yehuda, the king will come from Yehuda. So the Ramban says this. The Ramban says, if in fact Shaul HaMelech had deserved to stay as the king of Israel, then he would have stayed. And his children would have inherited the mantle of kingship as is the halakha with a king. He would have stayed, he would have... And so if you ask me, the Ramban says, if you ask me what would happen, what happened to the promise that Yaakov made that the children of Yehuda, the tribe of Yehuda will become kings, so they would also become kings. Would also become kings. Now the territory would be divided up somehow. Shalabelh would get the northern part because he was from Binyamin. And Yehuda, the king David Abel, would get the the, the, the southern part. A division that actually took place, right? It took place when Shlo when uh, when uh, uh, Shlomo Hamelech died. Shlomo Hamelech had been forced, I guess, to tax the people very heavily in order to build the Beit Hamikdash. Shlomo Hamelech's son Rechabam inherited his mantle, he became the king after, after Shlomo Amela. 
the people came to him to Rechavam, and they said to Rechavam, "Look, we, we we can't we can't put up with it. The the taxes are too high. We haven't got enough money to pay what you want us to pay." And so we we we're buckling under the strength of uh, of your father's tax scheme. So what did Rechavam say? Rechavam said, whatever my father did and whatever taxes he extracted, I'm going to be worse. I'm going to extract more. And because of that, because of that obstinacy of Rechavam, the kingdom split into two. This is the way that the Ramban said it. The Ramban said, if Shaul HaMelech would have been a desired king, then he would have, if Shaul HaMelech, I'm sorry, if Shaul HaMelech had been the desired king, he would have remained the king in the north, and uh, David HaMelech would become the king in the, in the south. But he didn't. Shaul HaMelech was not, was not the righteous king he might have been, and therefore, when he died, David HaMelech became the king over all of Israel. That lasted for the reign of David HaMelech and Shlomo HaMelech. After Shlomo HaMelech, after Shlomo HaMelech died, then Rechavam, his son, promised to be more severe and difficult than his father. As a result, the nation split into two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the, the, the king of the northern kingdom was somebody named Yeravam ben Nevat, who was also anointed by a prophet. The prophet's name was Achia Ashiloni. But that prophet, I mean, I guess he knew he was right at the moment, but Yeravam ben Nevat became a, a terrible a terrible king, a, a terrible king, and he established, he reestablished idolatry in Eretz Israel under the auspices of the northern kingdom because he didn't want, or he wanted, he, he tried to create a situation where the people in the north would not go to the Beit HaMikdash for their spiritual uh, revival. And so he built in in Dan and in Beit El, he built the two golden calves that were worshipped by the people in the north, uh, which is uh, an interesting fact, but for another discussion. So we see, we see that uh, that the idea of a king, the idea of kingship, is like there are two parts to it. There's a part that, that anybody can grab onto. Anybody can become a king. Everybody can become a king, but then there is the promised king, the king that was promised by Yaakov Avinu to his son Yehuda. He said, you are going to be the king. You're going to be the king in, in, uh, in Israel. So then the Lord comes the Ramban and the Ramban says, the Ramban says the problem with the Hashmonaim, the Hashmonaim and the kingship of the Hashmonaim was that they were that they were uh, Kohanim. They were priests. 
and the priests had a function, a national function, and that was to maintain the Beit HaMikdash, to maintain the service in the Beit HaMikdash, and to maintain uh, whatever else is going on, it has to go out of the Beit HaMikdash, the sacrifices, etc. The, the, the family of Matityahu, their sin was the fact that they left. It wasn't the fact that they became kings. It was the fact that they left an important function. They let it go, that important function of being a Kohen in the Beit HaMikdash. And because, because of that, they were considered to be sinners. It is considered to be sinners. So I would say I would say that the idea, the idea of kingship, right, from the point of view, the idea of kingship, right, and Am Yisrael, and we could follow this throughout the history, the Yeshua and Shoftim and Shmuel and Malachim. The idea of kingship, even a, per, a king who is considered to be a wicked or a bad king, the fact that there is a king that represents the mitzvah in the Torah, Som Tasim Alecha Melech. It's not that the Torah wants a bad king, certainly not. The Torah would like to have righteous kings as kings, but the fact of a king the fact that there is a king, there, there is somebody in that office, there's somebody who is that uh, uh, mentions to us that, that, that leads us to understand very clearly, leads us to understand very clearly that kingship, kingship is, uh, is something that unifies us. It, it creates the oneness that we search for in a way that other kinds of leadership uh, does not. The king of Israel is the king that brings us all together. And so that when we say on Rosh Hashanah, Melech al-Kola Aretz, we're referring to an aspect of God that is unique. It resides only with God. There's nothing else that is like it. And that aspect of God is the unifying aspect. Melech al-Kol Ha'aretz. Melech al-Kol Ha'aretz, that's one way, the one understanding of God. The second understanding, Melech al-Kol Ha'aretz, Mekadesh Yisrael. Whereas God has these two aspects to it. He's the unifying principle that makes the world into the created world. All of it, whether they have these customs or other customs or these religious mores or other religious mores, all of that doesn't really change the fact that it's only under God that you can feel a unifying principle. Besides the unifying principle, it says in the, in the Tefillah and Rosh Hashanah, Mekadesh Yisrael. There's a special attention that's given to HaKadosh Baruch so that the Malchut of HaKadosh Baruch is divided up. There's the Malchut on the world, and then there's the Malchut on part of the world, the Malchut of the world, right? 
Malchut I'm part of the world, is the Malchut I'm Am Yisrael. The same thing is true. The same thing is true about about Malchut. There, there's a variety of acceptable kinds of malchuyot, even including the malchut of wicked kings, of wicked people, people who don't understand the needs of the community. But there's also another kind of malchut. You know, it's like there's second-rate malchut and first-rate malchut. And the second-rate malchut is, is the function I mean, even a bad king like Herod can do positive things sometimes. He can build cities. He can build the the, the Kotel, the Beit HaMikdash. He can do positive things, even though he is a unacceptable personality. But there is also the kind of king that changes the world, that makes everybody feel part of the enterprise like David HaMelech. And then apparently that credibility was abused by his son Shlomo Amalek, which then in turn caused the split of the king into two, uh, into, uh, of the, the kingship into two, uh, two groups. So I think that if you look at that Gemara, if you remember that Gemara again that I quoted, the Gemara says, they're called Beit Hashmon, Malchut Beit Hashmonai. Why are they called Malchut Beit Hashmonai? Why are they called Malchut Beit Hashmonai? Because that's what they wanted. They knew at the outset that they weren't just fighting for mitzvot. They were fighting for Malchut. And that's what they wanted. And that's what they celebrated. That's what they celebrated when they came to the Beit HaMikdash. They said, let's not wait for the eight days until the oil gets here. Let's do an act of a little bit of chutzpah. Let's make a demand on heaven that we should be able to start right now with the eight days of, of uh, with the eight days of oil that is necessary in order to get the Beit HaMikdash started again. That was an act of a king. They weren't kings as yet. They, yes, that's true. They hadn't accepted upon themselves the roles of kings, but they understood that it was kingship that was the issue and not, and it wasn't uh, just a cruise of oil. It wasn't the celebration of the fact that God could do it. I mean, of course God could do it. It's kind of almost immaterial to mention such a thing, God could do it. But what happened was the people understood there was a kind of a, of a commonality of intention between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Chashmonaim. And that intention was to reestablish, reestablish the, the Malchut. And if Shlom Tzion was going to become a Melech, if that was how the history uh, evolved, so be it, so be it. It fits in the pasuk, that it doesn't state specifically that it has to be from the house of David. It doesn't really state specifically that it has to be necessarily a man and not a woman, 
But you see that the fact that she was a uh, a proper uh, leader and uh, and uh, a positive a positive personality enabled her to be the king of Israel, Shlomzion Amalka, which that in turn enabled her to become a street in Yerushalayim. Okay. Uh, all the best. <laughs>